Hello and welcome to another edition of the Purple Theory Podcast. I'm your host, Parker Fleming, and I have with me my co-host and friend, Grant McGalliard. Grant, it's decoration day, and I've got a mind to roll a stone on his grave. But what would he say? Keeping me down, boy, won't keep you away. Uh, it's TCU Kansas week. It was the week that was supposed to be Gary Patterson day, the great parade to kind of end the Gary Patterson era. And instead we had a win over Baylor, a whole uh, fracas, and then uh, just absolute ass kicking at the hands of Oklahoma State on Saturday. And here we are sitting wondering who is going to be the coach of TCU and will TCU lose to Kansas? How are you, Grant? I've got brothers in Mobile Bay and they ain't never seen my daddy's grave, but that don't worry me none and ain't marked anyway. Uh, we're, we're hanging in there, Parker. It's, you know what, uh, as a, as a public employee, uh, somebody who earns taxpayer money, I get the entire week off for Thanksgiving next week. So I'm counting down the days, my man. It's, uh, it's, nice. yeah, we're doing okay. Are y'all, um, not to, not to make you disclose, uh, your location or your future location. Are you doing anything fun for Thanksgiving? We are, um, we have, uh, rented a cabin in the middle of gosh dang nowhere, and we are, um, I'm going to finish up my BetUS show next Wednesday, and we are going to drive, and we are not taking computers, we are not taking phones, we are going to be off the, uh, we're, we're going to be off the, uh, off the grid. It's going to be really nice. It's very nice. That'll be very fun. Uh, th- yeah, yeah, so I'm, I'm pretty, pretty excited about that. Uh, I assume you guys will be doing festivities down in down and down we will we uh yeah the traditional family gathering i uh i i brought out some uh it was my first time bringing an appetizer to family thanksgiving last year um first time my family trusted me to cook uh made a chef john's uh gravy stuffed stuffing muffins and they were a delight so i'm gonna i'm gonna make those and uh we're gonna have ourselves a, a good old time nice yeah. that's uh that's great yeah i'm, I'm a big uh I'm a big Thanksgiving guy. We haven't really done traditional Thanksgiving. Um, like at one point in college, I think it was actually TCU joined the Big 12, and I decided that I was going to go to Austin and watch TCU play Texas in Austin. Mm-hmm. Um, me and a couple of roommates drove down. We ate at the same McDonald's twice in a day. We ate there driving down in the morning on Thanksgiving <laughs> Day, and then we ate there at night driving back from Austin because we didn't have any money to stay overnight and nothing else was open. Uh, but yeah, ever since then, it's kind of been football has been our, uh, been our big Thanksgiving deal. So it's been, been a lot of fun. Um, this will be the first, no, I guess last year would be the first year I haven't been in Fort Worth for Thanksgiving in a while though, um, or at a TCU football game. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting. There's a, I would say that there's not, not a whole lot to give thanks for when it comes to TCU football. Um, no, you texted me about podcasting tonight and the exact thought I had, the words that were in my head were... TCU football needs a cigarette. That's where I think we are right now. It's just it, like it's that, and it's it's the meme of uh, Matthew McConaughey slash Rust Cole from True Detective when he's, he's smoking that cig and he has that look in his eye, like "Oh, we're about to get." Yeah, um, that's how I felt about TCU football the entire year. Like, buddy, let's 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 reset here. <laughs> let's you know, yeah. you're at a party, you've had too much to drink, you need one cig outside to just kind of hey, stop the momentum. Reset back from ninety percent to seventy percent. Go back in and try to act normal. That's that's the goal yeah. for TCU. Yeah, you're act look, normal, man. You got to stop staring at people across the room. They're getting weirded out. Yeah. Like you need a breather. Yeah, it's yes. Um, and and normally Kansas week uh, is that breather. It might not be this week, and, and we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, Parker, I guess we should address 
if there are any, um, developments, new rumors, new thoughts, projections, and the ongoing and seemingly never-ending search for a new head coach for TCU. Um, I think when we last talked, both of us were sort of uh, high on Billy Napier. Um, I think a lot of other programs are high on Billy Napier, so we might want to act quick. But um, what, if anything, has changed for you over the last couple of days? Well, it um, it turns out that uh, Deion Sanders was never a serious candidate for uh, TCU. Huh. Yeah. Who could have seen that coming? Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't know. That that to me is not anything crazy. Um, I was trying to think of more bad names for TCU's head coaching Stop. search because I think that's really funny. Someone, I think Clay Helton could do okay in four words. <laughs> Speaking of that, I won't out the author, but it was an LA Times article. We were talking before the pod. Someone floated Jeff Halfley for the USC head coaching job. And I was like, man, like, I wouldn't trust him for the TCU head coaching job, much less USC. Um, I've often um, I've often thought of uh, Boston as the uh, Los Angeles of Massachusetts, as it's known around my condo. Yeah, that's <laughs> is that a Michael Scott reference? Um, it is. Yeah. Everything's a Michael Scott How, reference. Can I? This is a complete random question that I we did not preplan. Would you take PJ Fleck as the, plan Yeah, no. Would you take PJ Fleck as TCU's head coach? Oh, that is that is worse than that is worse than Must. No, it's not. That is honest to God. No, it's not worse than Must. No, no, in no yes, way it is. is it worse than Must. Dude, that high school rah rah BS man. It's, I am not about that life at oh, all. Oh, you don't want to row the boat? There, what, on the Trinity? Have you gotten in the Trinity? <laughs> I went kayaking on the Trinity one time. I had a rash on my elbow for three months, man. We're not rowing any boats in Just Fort Worth. Rode the paddleboard. Uh, okay. Let's each come up with a bad... They're called SUPs now. Row the, row the SUP. Oh, stand-up stand paddleboard. God, I hate cool, that. cool hip thing. I, I hate that I know that. I hate that that's in my brain. I hate that so much. Okay. Let, let's, right now, let's each both come up with one bad name. Uh, I'm going to go with... One bad... I have so many bad names. Well, you can list as many as you like. You threw out Kevin Sumlin last week. Uh, give me TCU head football coach, Houston Nutt. Dude, have you seen Houston Nutt on a broadcast lately? He looks awful. Yeah. Um. He he is... He is... Uh, yeah, he looks awful. Um. Okay, so that's kind of funny because do you know who the Arkansas State head coach is right now? Uh, it's not Petrino. He's at Missouri State. Uh, no, who's at Arkansas State? Okay, Petrino would be a great uh, hire at this no, point, no, honestly. Don't do that. <laughs> don't do that to me. Gun to your head. Gun to your head. You have to hire Will Muschamp or Bobby Petrino. Will Muschamp. Listen, <laughs> I, I, no, Will Muschamp. Uh, look. We... <laughs> No, 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 no. Gary, Bobby, Bobby, we'll hire you. Just ride, ride west on twenty. Don't go east. There's too many overpasses. You could fall off one. Just make sure you're going west, and you got a long, straight stretch of road there. We thought DMs were a scandal under the previous administration. Get Bobby Petrino in the mix and see what happens. It, um, I have, I have one awful name. Yeah, that's funny, and then I have one that's that's bad, but it's not as funny. It's just goofy. Okay. Um. Arkansas State head coach Butch Jones. She... Grant literally just spit out whatever he was drinking. I don't like Zoom. that. I don't like it. 
he's uncomfortably close to Fort Worth for, for me to make jokes about that. Butch Davis. Well, that's the, the next one I was going to say. FIU coach Butch Davis. But he's no longer retired FIU, because they yeah. don't have any money. Um, and so that that was one that I was interested in to say like, oh, this is a bad one because it's it's yeah, e- either Butch would be a bad, yeah. bad CCU head coach. Different degrees of funny. Scott Satterfield. I don't think Louisville's a better. Uh, yeah, but he's not good. I don't good think Louisville's a worse situation than TCU. They're okay. He yeah. did interview for another job, though, so that always makes me yeah, weird. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, we can play this game all day long. There are a lot of bad college football head coaches. Um, yeah, there that's are. just making me there sad. Um, do you want, can I hit rumor mill for a second? Um, I'm convinced now that the Sunny Dykes Bridge is burned. Yeah. Completely. Yep. Um, which is crazy that he went that he had such a bad read on the situation early on, but also that TCU didn't realize that this job would be that attractive. So huge dodge bullet for TCU there. Um I, I, I've heard there's a couple offers out. Offers are nebulous things. Um, there are so many open jobs right now that TCU has become real low in the pecking order very Correct. quickly. I, I I would say two things in response to that. One, uh, Jeremiah Donati came out today and said that TCU has not made an offer. He might be lying. I'm just saying you said that today. Um, just getting that on the record. Number two is that, yes, there are a lot of interesting jobs open, and Parker and I are going to play a game a little bit later um, regarding what jobs are you know would, would fit certain coaches. But there are a lot of attractive jobs open or may become open in the next couple weeks and months. There aren't a lot of hot coaches on the market, I would say. Like, And, and this is no—I want Billy Napier to be TCU's next head coach. If Billy Napier is the top name on the market, that's kind of a weak market. Yeah, and and there's a lot of um, a lot of demand, a lot of demand for coaches right now. It's kind of an interesting. Uh, I don't know what TC is going to be able to do. Honestly, I'm getting a little worried. Me too. We ha- there's a lot of money, um, but we're also competing with a. We, because I'm a booster and, and I have a direct line to the uh, athletics office, um, TCU is competing with programs that also have a lot of money. Uh, and so I don't think they're going to be able to outspend anybody uh, getting a getting the top tier of the available head coaches. Yeah, well, and I mean, I don't think we, I, don't, I think TCU's place in the pecking order, we'll do this when we do the open yeah, jobs. Yeah. But yeah, I think I think TCU's needs to take a look in the mirror in terms of that. Um I guess we have to talk about Kansas at some oh, point. Oh, sure. Don't we? Yeah, we can do that. Um, so Kansas. I don't necessarily want no. to, but here we are. Well, and so Kansas is really hard to talk about. So obviously they come in after beating Texas last week uh, in football in Austin. Uh, the first road win since 2008 in the Big 12. <clears throat> but they come in with a quarterback that was not supposed to start this year, uh, but, but has certainly looked decent in the four games that he's played um Jalen Daniels they come in uh with a, a, a very good head coach in my estimation I think yours as well uh Lance Leipold and uh they come in with certain skill sets 
that I think almost directly oppose TCU's weaknesses, um, and that and that they're they're able to kind of push you around as as they did against Texas, and uh, they can cause a, a little bit of just um, turnover based lucky havoc, I would say, on the defensive end. Um, so Parker, give us first principles, if you will, for the Kansas Jayhawks. The Kansas Jayhawks are 121st in EPA margin per play since week five. I've kind of updated my stats here. Um, On offense, they are 80th overall. On defense, they are 103rd in EPA per play. Net points per drive grant, they are negative 2.35. Their offense is only scoring 1.97 points per drive. Their defense uh, is only scoring or is allowing 4.32, Wolf. which is um, bad. They are minus, uh, so that's 129th in the country. They are minus 8.7 yards in starting field position. That's 127th in the nation. They are rushing on 65.3% of their early downs, which is 119th in the nation uh, in terms of um, passing more is, 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 uh, rated higher. And then in terms of echo ratio, kind of their game control, 31.7 is 129th out of 130 teams. Um, this is an awful team, Grant. Yeah. They scored 57 points last week against Texas. They scored 57 total points in the prior five games combined. They scored as many <laughs> points against Texas as they had in the five games prior. That's extremely funny. That's amazing. So, and, and this is kind of, I'm glad you said that because this is where I kind of wanted to lead us in terms of a general look at Kansas before we go into individual units and players. Parker, this is a bad football team, objectively speaking. Are we going to treat the Kansas-Texas game as an outlier on the level of TCU-Baylor? What the hell? I had this CBS thing up in the background, dude, and or 247, and just out of nowhere, an ad started playing, and it was like twinkling and Christmas and just blew my ears out. You okay? That was wild. Sorry, I, I couldn't find the tag. I had no idea what was I'm happening. Leaving all Holy this. cow. I'm leaving all of this in, for the record. Um, yeah, that's totally fine. Two two four seven sports just tried to murder my eardrums, and I couldn't find the tab. That was awful. I blame, I blame you, Dean Straka. You programmed that yourself. Um, we, uh, so I'll, I'll repeat my question. This didn't happen before they hired Shehan. (laughs) It's true. Um, I'll repeat my question. Are, are we treating Kansas, Texas as much of an outlier as we are TCU Baylor? Oh, okay. So that was going to be my answer to this question was going to be, um, what do you have more trust in? Uh, like what, what do you think is more likely is that, is this a TCU beats Baylor and then gets blown out by Oklahoma state situation or that TCU is, is really this bad. And Kansas is, is really kind of figuring out what they can do here at the end of the season. Do you want my honest answer to that? I Kansas can beat TCU. Right. I was leaning the latter. This team's way worse than 2018. Yeah. Holy cow. Yeah, I was leaning the latter and, 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 We'll get to this when we get to um, listener responses and, and predictions. Um, there is a palpable sense of doom and gloom and fear, not to speak for every TCU fan, certainly, but among the TCU Twitterati, if you will, and I can't—I hate myself for saying that, that, yeah, no, TCU is going to lose to Kansas. 
And the odds are that that's not going to happen, but I've never felt less confident going into a TCU-Kansas game than I do this year. I think I'll amend your statement just to say I've never felt less going into a TCU-Kansas game than I have this year. Because last year, at least, it was like, dude, maybe they'll freaking play around with the pass game and do something and try and, you know, try and do something interesting and get it going. So there's at least something to watch here. It's just like, man, I hope this isn't a disaster. Life is nasty, brutish, meaningless, and short. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and TCU beat the hell out of Kansas last year. Not in a fun way, but they beat the hell out of them. Uh, I mean, Carter Ware had a touchdown. If that's not fun to you, I don't know what fun counter- is. Like, Max threw 11 passes. I think it was three for 11. And all three went for touchdowns. If I Counterpoint, right. if Darius Davis hadn't dropped one, Max would have been four for 11 with four that's, touchdowns. That's, true. that's very true. <clears throat> um, yeah. I think the lines in the DM that Gary Patterson sent me after that game getting mad about my tweets was longer than 11 lines. Like, I think there were more lines in the DM than there were passes thrown in that game. Yeah, this is the kind of content the governor's off. Welcome to the friggin' Thunderdome, everybody. Welcome to Thunderdome, baby. <laughs> Two men enter. One angry podcast leaves. Um, yeah, so uh, listen, there's not a lot of optimism going into this game, but if TCU does beat the hell out of Kansas, then congratulations, you took care of business. It, it, this is a no-win situation um, in terms of the, the future of this program. But as Parker and I have said in the last couple of weeks, each game since Gary left, really, should be tweeted as its uh, tweeted Jesus treated as its own entity, and not untrue either way. Yeah. Also, yeah, I'm going to tweet this as its own entity too. Um, so, whatever the hell happens is going to happen. Parker, do you want to talk about any individual units uh, on the Jayhawks? Yeah, I think the one thing we need to talk about is on on their offense, Kansas has actually had a little bit of a pulse in the in the passing game mm-hmm. because they've been very selective mm-hmm. in the passing game, and so when it's hit, it's gone big, right? So that's why they have a, a you know it, it says they're forty eighth in EPA per play on offense. That doesn't mean that they're actually the forty eighth best offense. It just means you know how they they select their passes relatively well because they run so much. Um, the, the way that they're going to beat TCU here is in the run game. That's how yep. they beat Texas. I think we talked about it on Sunday. They lined up 66 yards per carry. Devin Neal, man, is... is um, 66 yards per carry. Pretty, Jesus Christ. Pretty pretty dang good. Um, so I, I see him on the season, four, only 4.5, uh, but 3.01 of those are after carry. So again, Kansas offensive line, very bad. He's getting hit early, and he's... I mean, he's... Yeah, forced 26 mixed tackles. He has, you know, 14 runs of 10 plus. They do a really nice balance of kind of um, zone and gap, which is what we saw with Jarrett Patterson at at, at Buffalo uh, with Leipold last year. Really kind of opportunistic in the run game as as far as what front is going to get presented. And so I expect them to show a lot of different looks. um, And I expect them to, to really try and hammer the run game against the TCU team. That's been really bad stopping it. Um, I think the other thing we need to say, I don't know. Well, well, this is a podcast. We'll talk. Do you have anything about the Kansas run game? No, other than uh, I I do like Devin Neal. And I do think that um, a defense coming off, allowing eight rushing touchdowns probably isn't going to be excited to face a very run heavy team. Um, if this were a TCU, excuse me, if this were a TCU squad with a 
coaching staff that will be here next year and a coaching staff that's been here for a while. And you might say, okay, well, TC will come out angry, right? You can play that game of, all right, you know, they got embarrassed last week and they're going to set their record straight about their run defense, but that's not what this is. So um, what we have as proof, again, even if we are treating these games as separate entities, is that um, TC's run defense is very bad and Kansas relies on the run. So take that for what you will. Yeah, let's look at his uh, – let's see what he did in the rushing game at all. Um, Devin Neal, he's had nine, so nine targets, 7.3 yards per reception. So really only in, in uh, kind of cleanup duty there. It seems like Kansas' passing game, hundreds uh, – really they're either going downfield or they're just not yeah. running. They're Jason Bean scrambling. And Jason Bean's not even going to be the quarterback. I don't think, I think it's going to be Daniels. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I mean, th- this isn't a bad offense. Like, I mean, Devin Neal is graded as like a day, you know, a day three NFL pick. Um, really high. He's from Lawrence, so was kind of three star. Always going to go to Kansas. Was was a, a pretty desirable running back. Um, yeah, so I, I mean, I think there are athletes in Kansas's run game that can match up with TCU, and you have to start thinking about like who cares on TCU's. Defense versus yeah Kansas's offense yeah that's that's certainly um, a factor there I I, I am a Jalen Daniels fan um, just in terms of I think he he brings a, <laughs> bless you he brings a lot of excitement um, in terms of Kansas quarterbacks which which I always arrive for Parker of the thirty seven completed passes that Jalen Daniels has thrown this year twenty three have gone for first downs uh, and he average he has an average depth of target of just eight yards um, so. As you said, Leipold and staff have done a really um, solid job of being selective about when to use uh, the passing game, especially with Daniels coming in uh, in lieu of Jason Bean. Um, so I, I, I think um, he, he brings a certain skill set, and I think uh, uh, Kansas does a good job of, of utilizing him and, and, and springing him on defenses when necessary. Yeah, um, and I, I'm kind of just focusing on like, last week too to figure out what things are going to look like sure. and it's not even i mean none, none, none of what they did last week was any different at all than what they've done all season nope. just one texas threw interceptions and two they they were just consistent enough um, i mean daniels was only pressured 25 percent of the time last week uh they used play action 42 percent of the time so a pretty even split of play action and non-play action Again, there's that opportunism uh, under Leipold there. I, I really think that there's a there's a very good route for Kansas to move the ball well against TCU rushing, and then as soon as TCU commits, yeah. being able to either get the ball out quick, um, let's look at time to throw, 2.85 uh, seconds time to throw for, for Daniels last week against Texas, or using play action and, and taking a deep shot. He did hit one ball over 20 yards, and then he hit five out of nine, five out of 10, 10 plus yards. Um, and so I think there's chunk yardage av- available in the passing game if they can kind of run against TCU. Um, so Parker, can I... Because TCU's defense, you know, 104th, 115th against the rush, like really yeah. bad. So just clarifying that stat from Daniels, that's one pass that traveled in the air more than 20 yards last week, correct? Or just total? Yes. Okay, yeah. yeah, those are all, those are yeah, all, yeah, to, yeah, 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 him, him throwing. Gotcha. Yep. Which is really interesting because again, he... he Again, 23 out of 37 completions are first downs, but they're those kind of intermediate routes or short routes. 
Um, and he, he's not throwing down the field and trying to beat you. Um, to me, that, that you know, TCU's had its problems in the defensive secondary. Um, there's been a lot of busted plays. I don't think the defense tackles all that well uh, in the back, but that almost gives me a little bit of, um, certainly not optimism, but but just kind of assuages some doubts because I don't think necessarily TCU's, uh, you know, TCU's weakness has been giving away a lot of deep passes downfield, and Kansas doesn't do that with Daniels. They're, they're much more kind of underneath. The problem is that I think Kansas is a little bit of Oklahoma State light, um, just in that they rely on the run, and then they're kind of willing to take those out routes, those intermediates, and Oklahoma State gashed the hell out of TCU last week with that pretty much that exact same game plan. I guarantee we see Devin Neal out of the backfield in the flat a ton. Yep. Um, just, hey, get in the ball while he's running. Also, I need to make an obscure joke here and just say, um, Kansas in no world is Oklahoma State light. What Kansas is, is they're the equivalent of Diet Water Zero, which is a Parks and Rec reference to um, the uh, fast food restaurant. They have Diet Water Zero that's actually like a uh, hundred calories or, you know, like 500 calories, even though it's actually like called diet water zero. So um, that's, that's the version that Kansas right. is it's, of it's Oklahoma a, state is they're the diet water. Sure. Zero. It's, it's, it's a homeless man's Oklahoma state, but um, same sort of game plan, I think. Yeah. It, and I mean, it's, it's on the table there. Um, it, it's hard to talk about this one because Kansas has been so bad, but two, I, I, and I thought you were about to do a sweet transition a minute no, ago. Please do it for saying, me. Speaking of yes. throwing the ball, Speaking of throwing the ball downfield, uh, TCU can't do that because they don't have a quarterback. Yeah. Um, and they also can't we... run because they don't have a running back. So I don't even know if we can talk about the running game. Like, if you could just get someone to get the ball to Quentin Johnston 40 times this game, you TCU would win. Uh, I just – you just can't this, do it. Okay, yeah, we probably almost should have led with this. But this might be – what year was it when – I think it was when Rager was a freshman. TCU beat Baylor 16-9. And he scored like both touchdowns. This may just be, hey, okay, we're just going to give Quentin Johnson the ball, end arounds, drag around screens, what the hell ever. Because, Parker, they're not going to be able to start a scholarship running back, I don't think, outside of Amari DiMarcado. Both, I'd give an arm for Grayson Mulestein right now. I oh, do it. God. Uh, Foster Sawyer, you know, he, okay. Joe, okay. Joe has okay. left well, and gone away. We, uh, we, got, we have to draw... We have to draw no, lines no, no. somewhere. I, listen, I, I'm a member of the Foster Sorry fan club, dude. Hey, we Chandler Morris is hurt. Sam Jackson's hurt. Uh, Alex Honig's hurt. Um, who's gonna play? Max Max Duggan's hurt. Sure, who's gonna play quarterback for TCU? I imagine that Chandler will play, and too. they're just gonna run a lot. Yeah. And they're gonna they're just gonna try and get the ball out yeah. quickly. They'll do a lot of tunnel screens, they'll do a lot of jet sweep, they'll they'll do some passes. Um I don't want to see the De Mercado Wildcat. Maybe we see something interesting like Tay Barber or Darius Davis back there. I don't love that. I don't love Darius Davis taking a snap. Um, but I I wonder how many stops they will pull out. Um I'm kind of of the opinion this man, we're getting real cynical real quick here, but like if TCU was going to try and start somebody random, like if Luke Pardee was going to start, he would have been media availability and TCU would have been like, <laughs> actually in high school, he threw for 75,000 yards in one season. Luke Pardee, actually the brother of John Pardee, a noted singer of Hardick on the dance floor. Uh, please direct your questions his way. Yeah, it, 
Which, by the way, shout out to Luke Party once cooked a really, really big pancake, and we're <laughs> proud of him. He's media availability. <laughs> Which, by the way, shout out to to Cadet Denunzio. Uh, actually, had a really good play against Oklahoma State. Dude, that um, stiff arm was grown. It man. was. That man. was grown. It, man was, play. it was beautiful. Um, Again, I will laugh forever. I need to go get the still of Coy McMillan standing right <laughs> next to him, like six yards Dude, down. I know exactly that was what awesome. You mean. Yeah, there, there is, there is more question marks uh, among skill positions for TCU than I, I can remember heading into this game, uh, and so that's that's again just sort of a, a perfect storm recipe for disaster for the Kansas week. Um, to, to get to get philosophical for a sure. second, I, I think that you know, especially that 2018 where everyone is hurt and down the stretch, TCU won some games they had no business winning. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that when TCU historically has had their back against the wall, the Alamo Bowl, like all sorts of nonsense, um, they, they've had this, they, they've had this, been able to unlock this attitude that is, we need to do everything in our power to scratch and claw and eke out every bit of talent and ability and um, and and points that we can, and when they do that, they actually kind of get out of their own way. Yeah. So, like against Baylor in 2018, yep, the the plan was. Get the ball to your playmakers, and they just really, really easily did that. Can I can I say something too? That um, this is completely. There's no stats to back this up. That might have been a Gary thing. Um, no, a hundred, a hundred percent. When he when he had no other choice, he right. was better. When they had to treat every game like we have to score right, right now, or we're going to die. So when I was in college, Parker, I always said that I perform best with my back against the wall. Like a cornered cat, right? So, like going into tests, you know, I didn't study till the night before. I wouldn't read books, you know, whatever. And I just cram. And that was my whole motto. And it worked out okay. But there were some times where it was like, hey, man, maybe you actually should have kind of, you know, prepared or not found yourself in this position and not put everything on yourself at the last minute. And uh, this this has the, the make of one of those tests. Um, yeah. Yeah. It. it <laughs> I don't know. I mean, TCU has enough skill positions, or excuse me, talent at skill positions to still beat Kansas. You mentioned earlier, Parker, um, in the Texas game, Kansas survived because Texas do a lot of interceptions. And I watched most of that game. They were bad interceptions. They were, hey, man, like, no, you yeah. should not have thrown that ball. The receiver's double covered. It's a bad underthrow, whatever. Um, if TCU is able to tell whatever quarterback, whether it's Chandler or um, – you know Johnny from SIGF that they picked off the intramural field to uh, to start this game. You know, just listen. Don't throw the ball more than fifteen yards down the field, and we'll put QJ in a spot where he might be able to catch it. That that's a better strategy than than trying to go deep. Yeah, I mean, I uh, I would I would run mesh until they stopped it. Yeah, and like yeah, I would do that every week. Right, but I would especially, especially just be like. This week. Hey, uh, Tay Barber and Darius Davis, you guys just go slap hands and get open. Because here's the deal. Kansas is linebackers, not what I would call a strength. Um, looking at that. I mean, the secondary is bad. No, the secondary is, yeah, no, it's, it's straight up bad. Um, I'm pulling up the stats right now. Excuse me. Uh, both linebackers, um, are under 50 per PFF grade in coverage. Um, this is not a good... Not a good defensive team. Not a good team, period, but especially not a good defensive team. And so you should have enough talent on your roster to just get open. 
or beat someone in match. TC is the easiest should be able way to, to get win one one on ones. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, um, can I tell you something else that's very funny to me? Yeah, absolutely. Kansas has eleven pressures on the season. Mm-hmm. Not one Kansas player. I'm saying Kansas <laughs> overall. They have this. There's no way this is right, dude. I'm believing it. This is fine. Oh no. Okay, I'm an idiot. This is Texas. I was so I was oh, so okay. confused for a second. Okay. I was like, wow, it's, that seems yeah, crazy. yeah, yeah. Uh, against Texas, they had 11 pressures. Um, so exactly the opposite of the point I was trying to make. They got to the quarterback pretty okay there. Tyron Johnson has 29 pressures and five sacks on the season at the edge. He's Kansas's best defensive player. Um, so <sighs> good luck. With, what could go wrong? Yeah, what could possibly what could go, go wrong against the TCU defensive or offensive line? That uh, I thought Trent Battle got in the portal. I heard his name this week. Wasn't it he in the portal at one point? I believe he was. Um, Who among us hasn't been in the portal at listen, one point? Yeah. T- oh, Kansas has a... Trent Battle, actually, the week before the Kansas State game, walked into Donati's office and said, it's either him or me. You choose. And so that's why Trent Battle's still around. <laughs> you know, Kansas has a player named Cameron, spelled with the rapper. I love Cameron. Okay, where are we at? Heck yeah. Um, yeah, so anyway, this is a bad team that is catching TCU at exactly the right time. And is coming off the biggest high in program in the last ten years of the program, so that's where we're at. We're gonna skip best case worst case because I just I, I can't don't have the energy to do that. Is that okay? I don't have the energy. Do you want? Let's, yeah. All right. Let's read some. Yeah, I was gonna do the same thing you were. Let's let's read some predictions from all of you, and then we'll do something. I don't know. <laughs> life life happens to we all. We have of a us. segment plan, don't we? Um, Michael uh, at Woodberg says, I predict a lot of TCU fans suddenly believe KU is a good football team and assume we lose. KU, we being TCU. KU comes down to earth and TCU leans on superior talent despite injuries to cover the spread, 48 to 28 frogs. And then he replied uh, about two seconds later, never mind, this isn't a cover, but whatever. Never mind, this isn't <laughs> a cover. Line is in Let fact me tell you something. 22 points behind. Let me tell you something. Never mind, this isn't a cover, but whatever is what I want to feel after this game. <laughs> yeah, we didn't, whatever, whatever. Let's, look, we're, gonna, uh, we're on Iowa State. That's what I want to feel after this game. Yeah. Uh, uh, Charlie Hogue says, 37-35, you flip a coin, who wins? <laughs> I don't hate that a lot. And, and a similar route, Lance the Rapper, 56-57, you decide. I appreciate that. Um Relative of the podcast, Will Brasher. Kansas coming off an emotional high. TCU heading home, looking to bounce back from a low point. Classic trap game for the Jayhawks. TCU by three scores. Trap game for Kansas. Good Christ. Nobody expects the uh, Spanish Inquisition. That is true. Um, Yeah, I was about to make an auto K says, oh. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Yellen K says, me, a TCU fan, TC 37, KU 20, me, a normal cognitive person, TCU 17, KU 18 on a game-winning field goal. And let me tell you, game-winning field goal is some unimaginative nonsense. It can get so much worse. TCU could try to punt with three seconds left on the clock, and they could snap it over their head and lose on a safety. It could get so much worse um, than a game-winning field goal. One of my favorite memories, uh, my buddy, one of my best friends from college, is from New York. He's a New York Giants fan. And one of my favorite uh, pranks to pull on him was to just trap him into watching the the uh, Deshaun Jackson game winning punt return, 
against the Giants that knocked the Giants out of the playoffs and put the Eagles in. That could absolutely happen in this game. Okay, I found my energy. Grant, do we not understand what happened in 2018? Yeah, it was a butt fumble. In 2018, TCU, everything looked right. Like, everything went wrong for TCU's defense. 24-27. TCU has the ball first and goal at the KU9. Maybe, maybe we're going to survive this. Maybe we can get to overtime and get out of here. Darius Anderson runs, and the ball bounces off a TCU lineman's butt. Kansas gets the ball, takes the safety. TCU loses. Yep. Butt fumble happened. Yep. You, do you know what I'm about to say next? What's that? Mike Collins had a QBR of 85.4 <laughs> against Kansas in 2018. Could we get Mike Collins to start the game? I think he still has eligibility. He has to. I, I feel like he tra- – no, he's at Rice, so I think he used his – he, oh, he got right. Is he on the roster start, now? So I think he used it. Here, but. we're going to do this. Um, Gun to your head is Mike find, Collins. Find Mike Collins. Roster. I'm gonna look. I'm gonna read the rest of these okay. here. Find Mike Collins. Scott Wildcat says Hawks by nine. Um, Andre Napier says two o Hawks, which would be very funny. Um, that's about all of them that are worth I think reading. That's great. We had a couple of so just nonsense. Two ones. things. Tell, tell me where Mike Collins. Mike Collins is. graduated, but. He was named by SB Nations at the Roost, the Rice blog, the Rice Offensive Player of the Year last year. He led Conference USA in passer rating and yards per game through his first three games, uh, but he did have limited action. I believe he got hurt. So, uh-huh. again, Mike Collins, we, now you we have a jersey for you. Knowledge is power. Knowledge is power. Um, yeah, so this is not going to be fun. What is your prediction? What is my prediction? Let's just, let's get, let's just read um, the Okay. Taking my cynicism and, and and just complete disdain for this week out of the picture, TCU should win. I do think Kansas will find ways to score. Give me um, – boy, I don't have confidence in a limited TCU. Give me 38-24 TCU. That is so many points. Yeah, Kansas is really bad. My model has this 47.67 to 19.62. That's that's so, so like, many points. TCU at full strength should whoop Kansas's ass here. I'm gonna go TCU 23 to 7. Oh, you think you're gonna hold Kansas to seven points? I do. 23 to 7. Awful game. Absolutely oh, no, no. Zero it's percent chance I watch any of this. Yeah, you'll be off the grid. I you know what? No, that's next week. Okay. I, I am going to have to be the this the the testament. Someone has to bear witness. I'm not doing it. You can do it. Actually, you know what I hadn't thought about, Grant? Next week, what are all the Iowa State fans going to do without being able to tweet at me during the Iowa State that's game? A good, well, that's a good. That's really selfish of me to take that away from. Well, them. they'll be mourning Matt Campbell taking the Penn State job at this point, so that'll that'll be moot. Um, there's a uh, <laughs> Matt Campbell would never take a job for money. How dare you? <laughs> there's a, uh, a. Hey, did you know Matt Campbell doesn't have an agent? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> did you know Matt Campbell walked uphill both ways in the snow to get to work every day? There's a scene, Parker, in True Detective Season 1, Episode 7, where Matthew McConaughey uh, 
makes Woody Harrelson watch this horrific videotape of a, of a crime. And Woody Harrelson's like, you watched all this? And, Mc- and McConaughey says, I had to. I won't avert my eyes any longer. And that's going to be me watching this TCU Kansas game. You have my word, loyal listeners. I'm going to watch every single minute of TCU Kansas. I averted my eyes during TCU Oklahoma State, ironically, to watch Kansas beat Texas. I won't avert my eyes any longer. I'm going to hold them open. This is another movie reference. Like a, a clockwork orange. And just play Beethoven as I stare into the depths of Jalen Daniels throwing for 400 yards and three touchdowns against this defense. I will not avert my eyes any longer. Beatings will continue until morale improves. improves. Parker, would you like to play a game? <laughs> Let's do that. Let's do that. All right. So we're going to play a game. It doesn't have a name. We're going to match an available FBS job with a name thrown around in coaching searches. Okay? I'm here for so that. So we're going, we're going to omit, like, Akron and FIU, because who the hell knows? Unless you have a name. Yeah, I can't, yeah, I yeah, can't yeah. pretend. Okay. And you, it's actually me. I'm going to be the Akron head coach. Congratulations. You're going to coach against Sean Lewis? I can't believe you do that. Um, And UMass also. I, I don't – they should – shut down the program. They shouldn't continue to hire head coaches. I think UMass is going to hire Dom Brown from Arizona, the Arizona DC. He is like an alum or used to work there and has shown interest. Good. So we matched one. Good. He has UMass DNA. That's what you want in hiring a head coach. He's a UMass man. (laughs) He's a minute man. Parker, let's say LSU does not get Jimbo or Lincoln Riley. Who is the be- so reality? So probably. reality, and we're going to do this like a okay. Let's set some ground rules first. We should have done this before the podcast, but as you know, we don't play anything. Once you name a coach for a school, you can't name him for another school. Wait, say that. Sorry, okay. clarify that for me. This sounds like homework, Grant. Once I work, in, I'm pulling up a document so I can. Write I, this I work down. in education. Okay, here here are the jobs that we're going to look at. LSU. TCU, USC, Virginia Tech, and Washington State. And Washington. And Washington. And, Washington. and Miami. Miami. Yeah. Are they, are they firing? Well, it's not technically it's open. Not te- well, let's do the ones that are technically, technically open. open. All right, we'll... We don't have to okay. match all of them if we can't find a fit. But Once we assign a coach to a school, we can't say, and also Napier will go here or whatever. Okay. Okay. Yes. And okay. we're not going to do dominoes. So if USC poaches James Franklin, we're not going to do Penn State. It's just what coach fits best at each school. Okay? All right. So let's start with LSU. In reality, who is the best fit at LSU? I can't imagine they wouldn't want to hire Aranda. I know they're swinging for the fences, yeah. but I think four people at least have told them no. And so things get pretty slim. I know Napier's interviewing there. I know Aranda is interviewing there. And if you're looking for, if you decide between those two, I, I think Aranda's the better option. Yeah, I think I think Aranda and Co. The one thing about that, maybe they want to get away from like the chasing after the 2019 vibes. Yeah, but Aranda's proved to be a good head coach and a stable human being. Maybe. Well, I think he is, and and, well, and a stable human, which. 
is also a plus. Not that Napier isn't, but um, and I think he probably comes from what we understand with a, a little less um, uh, decisions to be made. Anyway, but I, I, I think Aranda would be the one I'd pick there if I were LSU. Are we picking? Sorry, are we doing what I would do if I was LSU? Or are we doing what we think is going to happen? I didn't. I didn't clarify I, that. Let's marry the two. Because if I was TCU's head coach, I mean, I would, you know, I would just say Napier, great, but or, or Bill Benbaugh or whoever, but, um, or no, I would say Chadwell. Who am I kidding? But, uh, just kind of you, you know. The best mix of okay, I think this would be great, and also it has a feasible chance of happening with that athletic department. I think Lane Kiffin's more likely than Ooh, Miranda. Do you think that's feasible? Do you think he would leave Ole Miss? Yes. Okay. For LSU, yeah. yes. Okay. Okay. I like that. Let's pencil in Lane Kiffin at LSU. I I would say Aranda, um, just in terms of feasibility and a good hire. But okay, I'm fine with that. Uh, let's go in order of, of uh, desirability here. Let's go USC. I think you and I both would uh, think James Franklin is in line for that job. I think that I think that's who. I'm not speaking from any sure. kind no, I of. Know. I, know. I don't know anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I really haven't heard much about this job at all. I know that Aranda is interested in it. Um, he's from out there, I think. And so maybe that's something, but I think that they want James Franklin maybe. So that seems right to me. So then that opens up Penn state at the bottom of the list here. And again, we already mentioned Matt Campbell is, uh, doesn't have an agent, but is apparently has, has a separate Gmail inbox for, Oh, when we get down the list of Penn State, I've got a spicy one. I don't think it's Matt Campbell. Okay. All right, that's fine. Um, for USC, I think Franklin's the, the pick. Um, yeah. Let's go. Before we get to TCU, let's go to Washington. Kalani Sitaki. Really? Okay. Just do it. Okay. Yeah, I'm trying to think of guys in that region of the country. Um, yeah, Sitaki's probably your best bet. Could flirt with Moorhead, but I don't think that's smart. Yeah, Moorhead, I could really pencil into, I mean, a few of these jobs. Like, Moorhead, we're going to get to Virginia Tech, but okay, that's fine. I'm fine with Sataki there. Let's let's go to TCU. Um, well, hell, Napier, I think. We'll no, I think we should do TCU last because okay. I think we can get everything. Yeah, right. I think we could fit all this okay. out. So Washington State. Washington State should hire Joe Moorhead. They should. I think they might hire Alex Grinch. There was talk about Jeff Banks, but Ooh, Grinch. Okay. What about? Uh, I think I think Grinch is the move there. If I was hiring, we were talking before the pod. What about Norvell? I don't think he goes that direction. Okay. I think that is a that is a harder job than one he he's a texas guy he right is, he is. so that yeah. that is going farther away from where he has ties and it's not a huge step up in prestige it's not but you can kind of because i think wazoo loved the air raid even though it bit them a little bit and he can kind of reinstall that yeah i mean that would that would be kind of in line but i don't need i don't think he needs to isolate himself like okay. that, exile himself i i'm 
I'm not trying to convince you. We're giving opinions. I'm going to go Norvell. You're going to go with Grinch. And I think Grinch would, would do well there, obviously, his experience. Um, I, I The thing about Grinch, though, if he's trying to become a head coach now, that's that's a great out. I, I think he has the potential to hold out for a better job next year or um, or the year after. Not at Oklahoma. No, not at, no, 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 not at Oklahoma. That's not what I mean. No, 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 no. Don't hear what I hear. What I'm saying there. Oh, I don't yeah. know that he, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. going to wait out another year at Oklahoma. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, okay. Let's um, let's go to Virginia Tech. I think Napier takes that job. Do you? Okay. If he doesn't take LSU, yeah, I heard. I mean, they're like, you know, you want to think like, oh, maybe they try and go get Shane Beamer. Um, but no, who would? Uh, Shane Beamer is not a good head coach. He might be. We don't know yet. Um, okay. Well, and his dad was. There. I, I'm, I'm aware that. that his dad. Was um, there, but another. Um, this one's going to be a little weird. Um, so you could always think about like App State, Sean Clark. Sure. Seems like an easy kind of upgrade there. Um, I don't know that this is super smart. Um, but, but I mean, Mike Houston's done okay at ECU. He's yeah. been around the area. But I mean, he's... Um, he was at, remember, he was at James Madison. Yes. Um, and they like kicked ass. Yes. And so maybe that's that seems like a really big jump three times in a row though. But he he knows the area. He knows James Madison. That seems like not crazy. If 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 they strike out everywhere else, I don't think that's a bad job. But if they strike out everywhere else, maybe that works. Yeah, I think he's far down the list. Just in, and, and I know this is reductive thinking, but um, and and not very you know far looking. But what he's he's he, he won six games at East Carolina. Um, Congratulations, you made a bowl, and I know that program was kind of in the doldrums um, when he took over. But um, he, he's not as proven, I think, as, as some other guys. And I think Virginia Tech, he'd probably be down on their list. And like you said, they'd have to strike out. Well, that would be like a that would be like a Kleiman style hire, right? I, because maybe, but Kleiman like continually whipped ass at North Dakota, and the Kansas State just picked him up immediately. Um, and he also kind of fit the culture there in in Manhattan. With Houston, I mean, he, he took a couple years, right, to get East Carolina to a bowl. And, yeah, he whipped ass at James Madison. But in, in what, are they in Cusa or Sunbelt? I can never remember. It took him a couple years to just win six games. Um, They're in the American Are now. they? Christ. And before he That's got there, they went three wins, three wins, three wins, four wins. He went three and six last year and then six and four in his second year. Uh, four, so four and eight was his first season. So four was more wins than they had won the last three seasons. Sure. Three and six last year in the COVID year, they didn't play the FCS game. He would have, you know, bumped it up there. And then six and four this year. I don't think that's crazy. Okay. But here's the thing. ECU, this, what are we doing? No, no. ECU, Ruffin McNeil won 10 yeah, games yeah, yeah. there. Skip Holtz won, won, Skip Holtz, holy cow, went seven, eight, nine, yeah. nine at, at, at uh, Holy Dude, East cow, Carolina was like so. I mean, growing up, can win there. Like, my dad's from North Carolina. East Carolina was like fun for a while. Like I, I watched an inordinate amount of East Carolina games growing up. Did they? He did he take over from Ruffin? I can't remember. Or was there a coach in between? Uh, no, Scotty Montgomery. Oh, Scotty Montgomery. That's right. I looked this up the other day for some reason. Um, okay, so anyway, Virginia Tech. Um, 
you think Napier's going there. I don't think that's necessarily a bad call. I, I have a hard time predicting what they're going to do because I think they want to make a big hire. And if they don't get Napier, there's not a lot of names left that they're going to be top of the list for. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, that's, that's, that's kinda, a hard call. Rough. That is a hard call. Um, yeah, okay. So so let's say Napier because okay. then that makes TCU very interesting. Okay, so if it's Napier for Virginia Tech, you go to TCU. The bridge with Dykes is burned. Dion's not a serious candidate. I mean... Maybe it's not, but I, I think it might. I think be. it might be, especially if it's very clear that we're waiting on Napier before we call Dykes. Uh, Dion's not a serious candidate. Yeah. Okay, so then of the of the that basically leaves two people that well three, but I don't think Cur- Curtis Modkin's brother's on staff. I don't think yeah, that's Jeremy's real. Um, three. So two candidates that we've heard TCU actually talk to: Kellen Moore, Tony Elliott, <laughs> Jay Norvell. Um, I would I th- take, man, I think I would take Norvell there. Norvell is like, Norvell is like what, uh, how do I, I don't want this? the air raid. Like if hiring Justin Fuente was a smart idea for TCU, that's what the Jay Norvell hire would be. Like, what do you mean? It would be not sexy and it wouldn't be great. Oh. But it would be like, hey, you could probably come win seven or eight games for a couple of years, and then we'll figure yeah, something out. I don't want the air raid, man. I don't. I do? I don't. Oh. I don't. In the new Big 12? Are you kidding the, the me? The air raid is the ultimate, boy, this is really fun when it's not me. Oh, I disagree. Ooh, interesting. Yeah. I, I love watching the air raid. I don't want my team to live and die by it. I really don't. The only thing for me about Elliot is just that he's we've talked. He's he, clearly not the guy who's right. Like, yeah. That would be he, his coordinators would matter a whole lot. Yes, to me. I agree. And so I, my conditional response is Elliot with the right coordinator hires. Okay, so we're we're splitting there, but that's fine. Norvell Elliot. Okay, so a couple jobs opened up here that I think are interesting. Penn State, uh, Penn State, Ole Miss, and and Baylor. If we're gonna play this game, so Penn State or Ole Miss or Baylor, right? Yeah. Okay, Penn State. Uh, I think they call Matt Rule. Matt Rule was the Temple <laughs> head coach before he went to Baylor. Matt Rule is not having a fun time in the NFL. This feels like his college stick doesn't necessarily translate. I disagree. I think he had a good first year in Carolina, or a decent first year in Carolina, and then he said some he's had some injury issues. I don't know a lot about the NFL. So I well, I say know. decent. I'm not going to say he's going to our playoff team. Here, we can't even look it up. Look up Matt Rule. Um, I, I, Information superhighway. Yeah. This is great audio. Um, he, uh, they'd have to offer him a lot of money. Let me see. No, no, never mind. He was 5-11 and 11 last year. But they're 5-5 five and five this year, and they have had some issues at quarterback. I, I think he would give it one more year. They just that. signed Cam Newton. <laughs> Who won the game? I think they would give it. I think he gives it one more year in the NFL. It, I don't think it's okay. a Thomas Collins thing. So then you're saying that's that's Campbell to Penn State. That would be my bet. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then that leaves either Ole Miss or Baylor open. Yeah. I think the answer is the same to both of those. Which is Jeff Trailer. That's where I was going. That's where I was going. 
Especially to Baylor. I, I, Especially I know for Baylor. a fact that Ole Miss has Ole Miss has at least kicked the tires on Jeff Trailer, just kind of anticipating some tea leaves, like reading some sure. tea leaves. I know they're interested, and Texas recruiting would be huge yeah. for, for them. He was my answer for Baylor, and I could see him going to Ole Miss as well. Um, yeah. I've often said Baylor is the— The um, Ole Miss of the Big 12. Ole Miss of the uh, Big yeah. 12. Yeah. The tailgating scene, is, is it's, it's a one-for-one one comparison. The, the And I'm sure Chip and Joanna can raise the funds to buy the, you know, the buyout from UTSA. Um, Ole Miss, I'm not worried about them— putting the money together but um no they'll be all right they're old money they're fine fine. yeah well that was a fun exercise i i think this is going to be a very it's not the listen florida may still open up um miami may still open up and that's going to cause a lot of shakeouts across the country can i ask you this real quick what about morehead to ole miss (laughs) i know i just wanted to ask you no That's like must champ to TCU. That's funny as hell. Um, <laughs> I just wanted to see your reaction when I asked. <laughs> yeah. That's good. It took me, I'm sorry. I apologize for not believing that that was a bit at first. Um, that's very funny. Okay. Um, all right, Grant, it's, we've been going we on have. so we, long. Let's, this, let's, let's call it. It's Kansas week. Yes. This was fun. I re- Grant, I think we redeemed this podcast. I think, I think I really that think we I did. didn't think this was going to go well and we redeemed it. Um, this has been the Purple Theory Podcast. I'm your host, Parker Fleming. You can find me on Twitter at StatsOWar. You can find uh, my co-host and friend Grant McGalliard at Grant McGalliard, spelled like it sounds with all those vowels. And um, man, let's not lose to Kansas. Yeah, Parker, wait. Where can we listen to the oh. BetUS podcast? Oh, BetUS podcast uh, happens again uh, wherever you get your podcasts. And then uh, tomorrow morning at 11 a.m. Central, we'll cover the um late slate of games today i had some picks i talked about the uh ecu pirates for a while uh on there which is why they're fresh on my mind and and did a couple games uh projected there if you go to my twitter feed i also retweet they kind of do these clips that are pretty cool so like i'll go retweet right now um i'm gonna go retweet the east carolina navy one because i talked about that and uh and so they just segment the game it's like a little five minute clip instead of the whole hour-long podcast if you're interested in a game or want the picks you can just go to that game there um as well so i just retweeted that so you can see that and and follow the bet us college football um twitter feed as well let's do that parker um go frogs buddy go frogs